0: Welcome to Voices of Clarity. Together, we will learn about kids and mental health from experts within the field. Let's get started. The topic we are going to discuss today is use and technology. Is it time for a reset? We look forward to an engaging conversation with our guest speaker, Dr. Joshua Essary. This talk is the production of Clarity Child Guidance Center, a nonprofit treatment center solely dedicated to helping children 3 to 17 Their mental health. Clarity is located in the San Antonio Medical Center and provides inpatient and outpatient services to several thousand of children every year. You can read more about the center at claritycgc.org. Of course, this event is purely educational, and it does not mean an attempt to provide counseling online. Now, Dr. Joshua Israel is joining joining us from his office, where he provides counseling to children and families. But also is responsible for the supervision and training of psychology residents at Charity, Charity Targeting Center. His clinical interests include psychodynamic psychotherapy, therapy, personality assessment, interpersonal group therapy, existential psychology, and the integration of psychological and spiritual perspectives. Dr. Esri is also the father of three
1: young children. Dr. Esri, welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. Well, it's
0: our pleasure and uh, you
1: know of
0: course it's it's very timely it's not going on today and so in the past few weeks uh technology but also we've, we've seen in the past years a huge growth in uh, use of technology among humans. i mean i was just reading some data and uh, uh, some uh, some research said that in 2000 Eighteen, almost fifty percent of teenagers were constantly engaging in social media, which was about a double what uh, it was three or four years before that. So it's a, a very radical shift, uh, and it's so it's developing at a very rapid pace. Now, what would you say are some of the main ways uh, that you think this is impacting children and teenagers?
1: well I, first of all i appreciate the question because there's certainly positive and negative impacts and so it's not all just one way and technology is such a broad category that encompasses things like gaming and social media as you put it but it also includes things like facetime and and, and ways that we can video conference through zoom and do things like we're doing now which allow for more connection so we're talking about a very Broad topic that is changing quickly and so there's the reality is we don't really know every way that it's that it's impacting us and it's moving so quickly. It's even hard to know what we mean by technology anymore. Um, What I'd like to to talk about is more as a clinician, some of the ways that I think about technology and how it impacts kids. The 1st is, I think about the idea of identity and self esteem and body image. And I think that there are really significant ways that technology can impact kids with that things like, who am I and is who I am based on what I have in terms of the types of technology. I have, or how many followers are ha- I have, or how many likes on my last post that I got. Or how long and how many um, snap streaks that I have. Um, do I need to somehow change my appearance or my profile to. Quote, unquote, look like that other person or the person that I think I'm supposed to be or should be. Um, rather than the person that I really feel that I am. Um, or do I need to, to start portraying my, my life in a way. That um, would have other people like me um, rather than portray my life as it really is. So we're getting. Um, essentially kids socialized into almost marketing themselves sometimes rather than having a genuine expression of who they are. That's consistent with how they feel inside and technology is really where they get their feedback and their prompts for this. And so I think there are some significant impacts on identity, self esteem and body image that that kind of come come out of that. The other piece is relationship development and attachment. Is now being mediated through screens, and so if you think about this, even from the very early years, we're now using and have been for a while, frankly, but it's getting more sophisticated. The types of technology-informed toys that we're even putting in front of our infants and toddlers, and obviously, in, infants and toddlers are now using FaceTime and 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 kind of connecting. Um, with family members through that, which is really, really a positive thing. It's great. The thing that that really is a question for me is, what is this doing to the need for physical stimulation and physical soothing and learning how to to use motor skills and to develop motor skills? There's something about technology that keeps us in our mind sometimes um, and doesn't really engage our bodies as much as as having a. In person interaction, Um, you know, I've had some experiences clinically where kids have have. Parents who maybe are, um, you know, in a different uh, uh, city or country and haven't seen them very long and it's like the young kid. Sees the technology as something more concrete and so the phone is daddy rather than daddy is talking through the phone. And that's that's getting what I'm talking about, that that the technology itself is somehow becoming a thing that kids attach to um, as, as much as a person. Um, you know, there's things like later with relationship development, like how does a kid who can theoretically begin to develop independence, which means they have to be challenged to do things on their own, do that effectively if their parent is at the touch of a of a screen and can help them solve their problems. There can be some positives to that, but it can also limit some of the independent challenges that foster development. Um, and so there's there's kind of a, a question about how technology is interacting with kids' independence. Um, and you know, the, the other pieces with relationship development, you think about things like empathy. Why, why does it really matter if you unfriend someone? what what why would you care if you say something derogatory or even if other kids on a game are telling another kid you might as well go kill yourself why should kids care about um, other people that they're interacting with online that they don't know and may never see and so it really poses a challenge for 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 our perspective taking and taking empathy for others and really understanding that the screen is there, but there are really um, true people, real people who have real feelings on the other side of the screens. The last area that I'll highlight is emotional development. Let's be honest. It's just really hard to put down the screens um, and that's for uh, parents and, and children alike. Um, but, you know, oftentimes kids will feel like I need to be doing something. I need to be doing something on technology. I need I need more of it and I need to figure out how to do it faster. There's issues like the fear of missing out. So I can't, the, I can't put the screen down because I'm gonna miss something or be excluded for something. And it makes it really difficult to learn skills to, to deal with things that many of us had to deal with when we grew up without technology, which was how do you deal with states like boredom? How do you learn how to sit in silence and you know, be with your own thoughts and make some use of that? how do you learn how to wait and have patience and even anticipate things without needing them to have happen right now? Um, and so, uh, you know, um, those are, are some examples, but the main three categories are relationship development, uh, emotional development, and then self-esteem and identity. That's the way that I think about technology impacting us.
0: Wow, that's a great right. setup for this conversation. Because, I mean, each of those could lead to so many more uh, exploration, right, and and issues. very complex. And, and I'm, I'm thinking about the, you know, you're talking about identity, <clears throat> and I think that's really key there because indeed, we will have a tendency to portray, to create a, this image of self, right, or not, saying that particularly technology is accelerating, facilitating this, this tendency. Do you see a way that actually in your clinical practice, right, you know, where where this becomes actually a clinical issue? You know, this this false portraying of self and how how does that what does that lead to?
1: So it, it certainly can be a clinical issue. It it can create um sort of an ideal self that ultimately is unattainable and um is is really uh kind of uh, an ingenuine expression of who the the child uniquely is in temperament and personality. And so there can be a, a striving um, to uh, to be someone that that you can't be, which can create um, a great deal of of self-doubt. It can also create a great deal of anxiety because you're you're feeling pressure to somehow live up to this ideal that ultimately is unattainable and it creates a sense of self that somehow is dependent upon a, a, a social media audience or an audience that that you're at least perceiving is there through technology and so how do you get the sense of validation and praise and social feedback um, you do it through things that ultimately i don't think are really reliable i think most of us want our children and our in our adolescence to develop into a sense of identity and a sense of self that is genuine to who they are temperamentally, that is consistent with their own internal values and that somehow um, has a consistency that isn't easily, um, you know, impacted by, uh, by uh, who they're around or who they're receiving feedback from. We want our kids to have a strong core.
0: Yeah, and, that, and that's a relationship with, with others in a, in a real relationship type of uh, right, it, 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 if kids who are you know have a solid uh, environment, you can can develop by being with others in a in a real private relationship, not not virtual. With,
1: yeah, and and certainly the 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 issue of having an ideal self that you're you're trying to live up to is a is a task and a, and a struggle in in person relationships as right. well. It's just tech technology takes it to another level. You yeah. have the ability to contr- control an image and also receive, um, you know, kind of feedback and likes so that I think a little bit more concrete.
0: Yeah, and you, you talk also about relationships. And I think that, that's uh, also a, a huge area of and uh, of, of conversation about you know, how there's a, there's a big difference between the way you engage with people, and, and you talk about empathy, I think that, that's that's good because we see that. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of conversations that could be, uh, you know, difficult and and, uh, and and stressful, right? And so, and people tend to, it's easy, like you said, to just cut cut off and and, and have a real, uh, a real discussion.
1: There's there's. A, In- a lot. There's an author by the name of Sherry Turkle. Yes, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can Can you hear me, Gerard? Yes. yes. Okay. I can hear. Sorry. Go. So there, there there's an author yeah, by the name you. of Sherry Turkle. There's an author by the name of Sherry Turkle who has two books that I think highlight some of the issue with empathy one is called um, alone together how we demand more from technology and less from each other and the other is called reclaiming conversation and i think that it's very difficult and we don't fully know how this works how we really understand um, other people and other people on the other end of a screen why it is we would care about them and how it is that we engage genuinely in a way that demonstrates that we understand them and care about them while using technology. The other piece of it is that we can stay more connected because of technology. So we've learned this a lot through covid that while we've at times had to quarantine or stay very socially distanced that technology has been in many ways a saving grace that has helped us to stay, you know, connected. So it's it's a complicated thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a matter of, of how do you how do you balance in uh, a balancing act. But you talk about this disengaging this with others and, and and the way technology does I mean we don't see we don't see the body language the same way through through a Facebook uh or a face FaceTime or, or a Zoom call than any person. The other part is, is that you talk, I mean, you know, we talk about affirmation. You know, how, how can you be, can you be affirm- provide affirmation through digital uh, interaction in, in a genuine way? And do you see that uh, as a maybe a must in terms of correcting the, the, the challenges of the
1: technology? So I, I think that there's still a larger question about um, how much. Information sharing through technology is actually effective at demonstrating any kind of genuineness, yeah. um, and and I I just personally have questions about what types of conversations or um, what types of of information can really impact people via things like social media, which I think the whole issue about reclaiming conversation uh, kind of highlights that. Um, so. Can it happen? I'm sure it can, but it seems to me that um, because of some of the limitations with technology we're talking about, it's just very difficult to have a genuine conversation or sharing of information uh, on something that's a social media platform. I mean, our our uh, time right now is pretty well demonstrating that in terms of politics and and that type of thing.
0: Uh, And so you mentioned COVID as well. You know, what what's a new twist because of COVID now? See in terms the people you work with, uh, in terms of, you know how did that affect their world and uh, in, in terms of how did the technology and uh, impacted them?
1: well, it it has become you know a necessity rather than a choice anymore. and and it's you know if you think about families having rules around screen time or you know how do you do that now when essentially school, socialization, Um, is mediated through screens and so it's really um, disrupted. I think the way that that families can can really think about screens in general. And just because of the mandatory increase in screen time. Um, the reality is we have fewer uh, options for safe activities outside of the home, which again puts us on the screens more Um, and understandably. And I think it's a positive thing that we have the opportunity to socialize more through tech. But technology is now literally because of COVID, in the fabric of our of our kids' schools, our mm-hmm. our uh, any kind of community involvement that we're in, churches, communities of faith, and and our family. It's the way that many of us stay connected with our extended family, and mm-hmm. so we've been kind of forced into this without really choice, and also without really understanding fully how it impacts us and how it it it. Um, it changes things for us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You talked yeah. about anxiety. Uh, you know how technology can bring anxiety and 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 uh, and stress. And I think that's that's something we see. The, the positive thing I've seen is that, you know, there there was kind of almost a reaction to that where we see I've seen we see family in our neighborhood walking together. We see, uh, you know, the, the, the you know even use. You know, walking around, walking the dog, and and but they still have the phone, and they're you know, earbud, you know, listening to the to something, but it's still, you know, there is some some trying to escape a little bit, maybe, uh, the because there is so much time spent on the computer for work and for stu- for studying today that maybe there's a a silver lining. Now, I ha- when would you say, when could parents know when there is a problem in general with technology? And it and they're like, okay. You gotta we gotta have a conversation or do something. What 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 are some of the
1: signals? I'll I'll, I'll put out a couple examples. I mean, obviously, it depends on the kid's age and and the, the the family how the family was pre and and post. But I think it's it's a sign there's something wrong if if you as a parent you don't know how to connect with your with your child anymore, and the only thing that seems to make them happy is the screen. Or if they become sort of irritable or or emotional when they're not on screens and it doesn't appear to have anything to do with a. A reason that makes sense to you about what's going on um, in the home or in the interactions. Um, If you start to experience a lot of resistance and doing activities that don't involve screens, or even outright refusals. Um, particularly, if that other activity is something that the kid used to enjoy and used to um, like to do, uh, that would be a, a good sign to pay attention to as well. Um, as, as power struggles, if they're asked to give up their screens and those, and that leads to anger displays or tantruming in younger children or, or pouting that lasts more than a few minute kind of transition period, that's a signal that this isn't, Going well, Um, if, if the, the, the child or or teenager is, is not eating or or doing hygiene activities, because they want to stay on screens. That's a concerning sign, Um, you know, if, if they, if you see them and they're really, really engrossed in, and maybe even you would say obsessed with 1. Kind of interest on the screen, and they have a real hard time shifting interest and they're just focused on that 1 thing. Um, or that one game, or that one, um, uh, you know, kind of app, that would be something to pay attention to. Um, if the child is is gaming or chatting, or um, has friends with individuals that you don't know and that you don't kind of have a a real world context to know them, and they're asking for for personal information, and they're and they're trying to get your child to engage with them, you know, through text, and particularly sending. Personal information or pictures, um, if you become aware of that, that's a very concerning sign. Um, if the if you find that your child is viewing um, content that's inappropriate, whether that be extreme violence or pornography, that's not okay as well. And then, you know, if you see kind of like we were talking about earlier, an adolescent's mood and self-image drastically shift. Um, and it seems to be based on social media. That um, that can be a concerning sign as well as this. What I described before, like this need, I have to be on on the screen. I have to play the game. Otherwise, I'm going to. Somehow miss something, you know, technology should really be a tool that our children learn how to use and benefit from. It shouldn't be something that our children are used by.
0: Absolutely, and I have a question actually a follow up question on on you know, this situation, one of these situations or any of these situations would be, could be a warning sign and alarming uh, sign for parents. The next question is, you know, and I have a, a question from one of our friends, how do I get love without him getting so angry and disrespectful? So it's like, how do we deal with that situation? Now you have, how do I deal with a child, uh, you know, a teenager maybe who become very angry When you try to change, remove technology or limit technology.
1: Absolutely. So. As a parent myself, I I can understand the reaction uh, when something like that goes on. And the reality is, if you have a structure, you're consistent with that structure and you're able to set limits consistently the. The negative response and the tantruming and the, um, you know, the, the, the angry reaction. It, it goes away over time. Um, You can anticipate any time you change things with a kid of any age, particularly if you're taking away something that they. They want to have, there's going to be a protesting period. And the most important thing is that the parent remains consistent. And tries to to get their kid when they can to talk with them about what they're feeling so that the parent can understand and maybe there can um, there can be a, an increased. Um, relationship built through that process Two other things with that is, I think the, that the, the teen or the, or the kid needs to know when they're going to get the technology back and how that is going to take place. Um, I, I'm really a fan of. Um, having screen time, particularly screen time, that's like, game gaming or something like that be earned. Rather than just given and um, additionally, I think 1, very important thing that parents must do. Is to engage in what's called shared attention or activities that have shared attention with their kids. And so these are things where. You are literally doing something together, hopefully that the child enjoys or likes or is an interest that the child likes and you're sharing an attention and focusing on something together, which ultimately develops the relationship and develops the attachment. But you have to stick firm when when there's the protest period. Um, if you give in, it will make it more likely that they will protest in the future and it will be less likely that you're going to be able to set limits in the future without more extreme um, anger outbursts. If you think about it almost from like a conditioning standpoint, the child is punishing the parent through their anger. And if the parent behaves in a way to give the child what they want, what is happening there is the child is learning that anger and and outbursts ultimately are the most effective thing to get what they want.
0: And a couple more follow-up questions: How important is it to explain the why behind your actions and the limitation? And the other one was What's the reasonable limit or usage uh, screen time for teenagers?
1: So, the first piece about how important the why is, it depends on the age of the kid. Sometimes younger kids are not going to understand the why and as most parent, know, uh, most parents know 1, why leads to 10 more. And so sometimes saying something simple, like, because it's bad for your brain. For you to spend that much time on whatever and that's that's why. And this is what we're doing because engaging too much after that sometimes just feeds the the anger and the frustration rather than making it kind of concrete. When you have older kids, I think the question becomes are they genuinely seeking to understand why or are they trying to engage you in a negotiation? If they're genuinely seeking to understand why and they're at a place where that conversation can take place, I think it's it's very appropriate to explain why it is you're doing what you're doing, particularly If it's around, um, you know, things like uh, uh, restricting content, that's not appropriate, um, particularly if it's around things like making sure they're interacting in a socially appropriate manner. And particularly if it's about things like helping them to understand that the relationships here matter too. And so we, we need to develop time um, and a space for for that as well. Um, I think that that that's really important. There was a second question that I'm uh, is about the amount of time. time. So, so um, what I'll uh, what I'll recommend is that that um, the person who asked that question, there there are two uh, tools or uh, resources. One is Google the American Academy of Pediatrics. They have a family media plan that you can. They've got plenty of resources to to read about the, the amount of screen time. And also how to plan kind of for media and, and screen time in the family. The other is commonsensemedia.org. If you go to that website, right in the middle at the top, there's a parents need to know tab. If you click on that, it talks about things like screen time as well as other frequently asked questions. It's got some really good information. I think the key thing to remember is not all screen time is the same. And so, you know, if if there's um The reality that your kid is still in virtual school, obviously, they're going to be engaging in screens for for more time than maybe some of those tools might recommend. But I I would think about um, how much screen time does the kid um, have in their free time. And kind of focus there, so
0: American Academy of, uh,
1: American Academy of pediatrics. That's correct. correct.
0: And where was the uh, in that on that page? Where was uh, the place
1: or the it, if you literally just Google the American Academy of pediatrics, you can put media. Um, plan, or you can put screen yeah, time. Okay. Screen time yeah. it, it will pull up. It will be the 1st tab. I'm sorry. I don't I don't. remember. Yeah, that's okay. Plan. That's great. Yeah. And then common sense media.org
0: that sounds like 2 great resources for this uh, uh, 1 of the attendees asked the name of the. Author that you mentioned again uh, about conversations.
1: Yes, Yes. her name is Sherry Turkle. And she um, the last that I'm aware is a is a professor at MIT. um, And she essentially has been writing about technology and in in psychology since the late 80s. I believe Um, she's got some really good. uh, resources uh, that you can find just by googling her name. She's got some, um, what are those called, TED Talks and things like mm-hmm. that that really kind of um, highlight some of her perspectives. Um, I, th- I think she's a really, uh, really to some important concepts.
0: Nice. Now that there's a lot going on in this field, we we really touched uh, on on the in a way on the surface, but some very important uh, information there. Thank you, Dr. Esri. Uh, we, again, we have, uh, we encourage people to do their own research. It wasn't a question about, uh, visit phys- our who are spe- specialized in that. I don't know that any specialist any, anyone is really specialized. In technology, maybe it's a question you ask a potential uh, therapist. if They have some expertise there, but.
1: Yeah, I, I, um, for me, I consider this as a diversity variable. And so with every, with every patient or client that I see, I try to understand their own culture. And I think technology and the way that the family interacts and the kid interacts with technology is sort of um, akin to a subculture or, or kind of a cultural influence. And so I think any therapist who's going to be mindful of context and really try to understand um, the, the family culture will, will include technology in that.
0: Great. Well, thank you, Dr. Esseriz. Thank you for everyone who joined sure. us today. I apologize for the uh, small technology issues we had. Thank you, and have a wonderful rest of the week. Thanks for joining
1: us. Please visit our website, claritycgc.org, for more children's mental health tips, tricks, and resources. See you next time.